0: Infant Adoption Guide podcast, episode number five, Adoption Agency Review, an interview with Marty Caldwell from Lifetime Adoption Center. Well, hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. My name is Tim Elder and this is the podcast dedicated to those of you who are dreaming of becoming parents through domestic infant adoption. That's right. This is where I give you the stories, the resources, the inspiration, and really my experience, because my wife and I have adopted twice, to help you get through the infant adoption process. There's three ways, really, this podcast can help you. It can shorten the time it takes for you to adopt a newborn, it can decrease the cost it takes to adopt and reduce the risk of a failed match or placement. And I, uh, I don't claim to do that in every episode, but on all the resources and inf- inspiration and information that we give you in episode after episode, that is our goal to help you in those three ways on your adoption process, because it can be a grueling, up and down, overwhelming process. And I want to be here for you to help you through that. So today on the podcast, we have a Lifetime Adoption Center's founder, Marty Caldwell. She is a nationally recognized adoption expert. We'll talk about that in the podcast. She's an author and she's uh, described a lot of, of inf- interesting things. She's really well-versed and very passionate in the adoption arena, being an adoptive mother herself. Uh, you'll h- hear some stories Um and she'll give some tips as well on things that can help you in the adoption process. So with that being said, let's just get right into the interview with Marty Caldwell from lifetime adoption center. Okay. On the line today, I am excited to get to talk with Marty Caldwell who is a certified open adoption practitioner and the founder and CEO of lifetime adoption center. She is nationally recognized adoption expert the author of seven books soon to be eight uh, a couple of those are uh, adopting online adoption your step-by-step guide and called to adoption she has appeared on almost every major tv network out there and it just appeared on the hallmark tv channel on the show marie which is marie osmond's show and uh, she has have had her tough times too she struggled through infertility the loss of seven pregnancies. And so, most important of all, Marty's her best title is adoptive mom, in my opinion. So, since 1986, she has been dedicated to bringing couples and birth parents together in order to fulfill their dreams. So, welcome, Marty, to the Infant Adoption Guide Podcast.
1: Well, thank you, Tim, for having me, and it's just a pleasure to come and share all kinds of good things with uh, your listeners.
0: Very good. Yeah, I look forward to it. Uh, I know, I want to be totally up front with everybody that my wife and I've worked with Lifetime twice now. We've adopted both of our children as newborns through Lifetime. And so we absolutely love Lifetime and everything you're about.
1: Well, thank you. And you know what, it's been a blessing to be able to help build your family through Lifetime also, because that's that's what it's all about, is helping You know, the whole triad. It's the birth moms and the children and the adopted parents that come together for really the good, uh, the child, and it's a it's win-win because uh, it really has to be you know, uh, driven by the birth mother. You know, she's the one that's making the decision whether she wants to parent or she wants to go ahead and choose adoption. And then when we have great families for them to select from, it really makes it very easy for them to say, you know, I feel really at peace about this and uh, this is what I want to do. And, and in that, then, then she can go on with her life and feel like she has made the right decision for her and her child. So it helps with great families like yourself too, and that's that's and educated, you know, education is key in adoption, and um, you know you've learned so much over your adoption period. and know you're going to your to your site, the Infant Adoption Guide site. You know, there's uh, there's so much people can learn, and and I found Tim that people spend more time on their remodeling of their house or their wedding or their vacation planning than they do their adoption. Yeah, that's uh, amazing. You know, <laughs> it is yes. It is, and sad, but you know. So that I really applaud what you're doing because you're helping so many people learn. They're going to save money and stress and time, and um, and just this make this a much more pleasurable um, um, journey to parenthood.
0: Well, I appreciate that. I am
1: definitely passionate
0: about it now that we've been through it twice and we're going to go through it a third time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it, it becomes even more of a passion to me, so I really appreciate you coming on. I know you have a lot of expertise and a lot of great advice and information to share with us, so I think we should uh, get jump jump right into it. Great. Your personal adoption story, I've heard it several times, of course, mm-hmm. with all these interviews that you've done for over the years for several different uh, places here. It's a pretty powerful story. Uh, Can you share some of that with us or as much as you like?
1: Yeah, I'll share some of it now because uh, there's so many parts of it. But, you know, basically it was, um, you know, when I started out, it was um, many years ago and there weren't, the internet was not around, there weren't podcasts like this and there were not a lot of books that were current. And um, I found that uh, the information was very difficult to find. And uh, actually, um, at the time I was 30 and my husband was 40 and we were told we were too old to adopt an infant and uh we should look at older children and um so i really felt you know because i have a background in marketing and i had my own company that i really decided i was going to spend an hour a day focusing on my adoption learning as much as i can and networking and um and back then it was a little bit different but i i did learn a lot about adoption and um started uh, a support group actually for people that wanted to adopt they had heard about May um, trying and my husband trying to adopt and uh, what they did was they were contacting us and I was on the phone day and night and I finally uh, we decided to have a meeting at our house and invited a bunch of people that we were talking to well that night, when we had this meeting it was i think a thursday evening and uh, we had a little condo and the cars rolled up like it was a raid you know and <laughs> these people came flooding into our house and we looked around they were on the staircase and we had open the windows for ventilation and they were standing room only and we thought oh my gosh we need to get a building there are people out there with needs and so we contacted a local church and um, they started letting us have monthly meetings and um Uh, It was wonderful. And so we had speakers and we educated people and what to look for so they wouldn't get defrauded because as an adoptive mom myself, you know, our emotions are laid out on the table and you want to believe everybody you speak to. And that includes professionals and birth parents and other people and attorneys and agencies and doctors. But you don't know what questions to ask and what to be aware of. So, you know, I think that um, that was really the beginning. So I did that for a very a quite a few years and then um ended up uh had a really bad accident car accident and was actually going to get out of doing any adoption work at all and go to real estate you know and my family said I'd help said no we need you we need someone ethical please stay so I decided that I would go ahead and um and and start in helping um families and birth moms nationwide and I had birth moms come to my house but you know uh They would come to the home, and they would meet me, and I had birth moms stay with me and adopt parents would come And uh, and then when the internet came uh, And it was in place we were one of the very few first organizations that were actually had presence on the internet And then we were able to reach out nationwide and not only with um, Adopted parents but birth parents then were able to contact us and uh, that opened up so much more. But I, you know, all this, Tim, as you know, came to me because of the, the many pregnancy losses I had. And Mother's Day is really, you know, is important to me because um, during that whole period of time, I think by helping other people, it gave me hope also. And it gave them hope. And, um, and I always get a little weepy around Mother's Day. And in fact, it was uh, just last week that I started feeling this kind of weird feeling and I had to reach back into my memory because we all have these, you know, these old cells that are talking to us kind of in a sense and realize that, It was the week before Mother's Day that I lost one of my pregnancies. Mm. And then on Mother's Day, I was getting ready to go to church and I I started bleeding and uh, lost another pregnancy at another year. And so that was really hard. So when I finally did adopt and Mother's Day came around, you know, um, I have photographs that day of taking the baby to, you know, to church that day and how exciting it was because most Mother's Days I just really honestly I just wanted to go ahead and just go to sleep and you know uh, and not even acknowledge it but I had my own mom and I had other people that that were celebrating Mother's Day and I ha- I wanted to be strong for them and I also wanted to keep my hope up you know but I remember going to church that day and I had the, my son wrapped in his little blanket and I was so happy and uh, one of the, uh, the older pastors camp and he says oh you adopted you did it the easy way and i thought <laughs> oh i want to smack you <laughs> you know and uh i thought oh if you only knew yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he he didn't know and see that it really it really validated what i was saying is people need to be educated because they think oh you just stay at your phone and you get a phone call and you you go pick up the baby you right, know right. and and i said for some maybe some that that happens and i i do see some of that but you know you have we have a lot of us all us as even your listeners, we have either come out of infertility, we're going through infertility, we're going through secondary infertility, we're going through um uh you know adopting because we're empty nesters um, There are lots of different reasons people adopt, but they all have a story that starts with a dream that they want to be parents, and they're looking at adoption as one of those those avenues and some people. They really have to ask. Do I want to be, you know? And I wanted to be pregnant, um, and uh, I wanted to, but I wanted to be a parent more than anything else. So you have to ask yourself, you know, which method is going to get me to that, and also within the budget, and also within the time frame, because you don't want to be sixty and be a first-time parent, you know. Right, exactly. And and so um, I think there are a, a, there's a lot that people um, can learn so they can have the answers to their questions to make the right decision for them and you don't want to be doing that when you're meeting um, a birth parent. Let me give you an example, um, many years ago I had a family that I had a birth mom that had come to us and um, I would spoken to her and I introduced her to a family and the family went to see her and I write about this in one of my books too and the, the birth mom uh, was there and her tummy was, you know, she was pretty far along and the adoptive mom hadn't really dealt with her own infertility so when she saw her she was so uh, in awe of it. And I want to say envy, I hate to say that, that when she called back, she said, I can't do this because I really want to, I want to still try my infertility. So I wish she had worked this through before the birth mom really found that she liked them. And we were able to find a new family for this birth mom. But the the difficult thing is that, you know, it, it hurt the family too, because they could have been doing this infertility all along and not going through and, and getting the hopes of a birth mom and themselves you
0: know yeah that's a great point that the people yeah. need re- we struggled with that too dealing with your infertility as you were thinking about adoption and you're mm-hmm. right you got to work through those things for and the betterment you, do, of everybody
1: it does and and lifetime is one of the few organizations that allows you and I think it's just the thing I would want it to have done is that if uh, you do should go through infertility or get pregnant while you're trying to adopt you can freeze your contract and we found that a lot of organizations don't do that. They just basically say, that's it, your contract's over. And I just don't think that's fair. And I know because of, I have had miscarriages too, that um, and I've had adopted parents that have gotten pregnant and then adopted, and their children are really close. But you've only got this window of time to be a parent, and any way you can bring your children there, I don't think anybody should dictate how that should happen. Yeah, that's agree. my own feeling, you know? Yeah.
0: That that freeze feature there is, uh, we've used it too. So we yeah yeah good okay very very important and you're right it's very rare amongst uh, adoption Mm -hmm. centers. So um, you so you adopted twice.
1: I've adopted, well, my first son was adopted mm-hmm. and entered our family through adoption. Uh, it was an open adoption, very difficult adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, his um, his his birth mom was wonderful. I loved her. She was actually a year older than I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the phone call on my 30th birthday and I was having a pity party at home. <laughs> and, uh, you know, woe is me. No one will, I'll never adopt I'm going to have <laughs> parakeets, you know. And my sister-in-law was there. We are kind of cleaning the house and stuff. And the phone call came in and um birth mom wanted to speak to us and uh she was due within a few days and um and it was it really was the beginning tim of my um you know of my real journey of learning about adoption and what to do and not to do um because i was still learning about this and um uh, my son now is um only 20 almost 26 years old so you can see how long ago that was and uh and i started working in this in 1986 so um when the baby was born um she called and said you know this has been really hard i can't do this and i heard his his cry in the background and i thought oh my gosh i've already i'm in love with this child you mm-hmm. know but i didn't get upset with her and i said you know what i understand i keep my number if you ever want to talk i'm here and she was a christian she was a sweet gal and then just got in tough area and um and so um, about five weeks later, and I'm skipping through a lot of the really fun parts of the story that I share in my book and other, uh, other areas, but um, she called back and said, um, you know, would you still consider adopting? You know, I didn't get upset with her. I left the door open. And that's what a lot of people don't do. Yes. And, um, and she felt comfortable. So she did. Um, she flew out and uh, uh, we met and we actually had dinner she came to our house and i said uh, you know i want you to sleep on this um and if tomorrow you wake up and you decide you don't want to she stayed at another friend of mine's home uh that's also an adoption professional and i said then we'll fly you home and there'll be no no worries but i really want you to make sure this is what you want to do and this is the best thing so the next morning she woke up and said yes this is this is what i want to do but back then the laws were different in California and I've helped pass two laws in the state of California. One of them I actually presented, it was the only professional asked to present before the assembly, but the adoption laws used to have, give six months to birth mothers to change their minds. Wow. Yeah. Now it's 30 days in California, which is great. And so, um, and it can even be shorter than that. But, um, so what happened was he was about five weeks old in our home as our own. And, um, we get this phone call from the attorney's office and said, uh, you know, are you sitting down? And I said, well, yes. And I had just spoken to the birth mom. and I had some some odd feelings about, you know, uh, that we weren't on the same page for some reason. So when I got the phone call, I kind of, in the back of my mind, kind of had a feeling something was going awry. And it was about uh, two weeks before her, her final sign-off. And, um, she said the birth father and the birth mother are, I want to get married and they want the baby back. Oh my. And I said, uh, you know, he, now he's, you know, he's, he's almost six months old, you know, or almost or, or older. And I said, oh my gosh. And I said, well, what are our chances? And he said, Marty, you have one chance in a million. And I remember asking my husband, I said, are you willing to lose everything and risk it? And he said, yes. And I said, um, I never hated her. Uh, I loved her. Uh, she loved the same baby i never had any anger toward her she was she was doing what she felt was best and we were doing what we thought was best and so um i um i I said i want to you know we're going to meet so uh, i said when's the date and they gave us the date it was on our wedding anniversary we were supposed to meet that day (laughs) so we spent our wedding anniversary changed our plans and um I at the time um I really felt that God wanted this child in our home. So uh we went to the attorney's office and now we've got we have five we have we had seven attorneys working with us, okay, seven different attorneys. Mm. And I was I had taken on my third job to help pay for all the expenses. And uh I remember telling my husband one day, I said, I can work an hour and I still I mean a day and I can't pay for an hour of the attorneys speaking together. <laughs> and so um we got there and um they had the car seat and they were all ready and the birth mom birth father and a friend of there was there and um i went to the to get a drink of water the birth father had come out of the bathroom and when i put my head up and the drinking fountain's right there our eyes met and there was something that happened because we sat back down and and the birth father had never met us before said i really feel that this is where he is supposed to be and mm. uh and the birth mother wasn't really on board at that point point. And so, because we had just pleaded that, you know, this is the only child that we, you know, he knows us and, and we're willing to have openness and everything. So they went back and um, thought about it. And then um, it was right before we were supposed to go to the trial to the to court. And um, they decided they were going to go ahead and, and it's a landmark case in California. And, and, and allow us to keep the baby. So it was. He was 18 months old before we finally finalized, and we had seven attorneys. And at that time, it was about twenty-seven thousand in legal fees. Which is and
0: double uh, that? Yeah. Oh, it
1: money. would be yeah. be four times as much. It'd be yeah. close to a hundred thousand now because wow. of all the stuff. Yeah. And it, you know, very close to a hundred thousand. Uh, so it was. Uh, you know, it was we did we sold you know jewelry and art in our car. Uh, we almost filed bankruptcy because we had no money. But every time. That we need money God provided for us because I, I remember you know we need money for the attorney ten thousand dollars I got a contract that I was working with because I had a, a manufacturing company a wholesale floral manufacturing company and I got I think it was ten thousand and fifty seven dollars so back then you could buy gas you could buy a tank of gas with that and food so ten thousand dollars was the attorney and we kept the money for gas and food wow. and so it was just uh, it was a sign all along that I was really learning you know I call um, call it my Harvard education adoption you know uh, of what to do and not to do and that's why I'm such an advocate of families learning before you jump in and knowing what you're doing and really understanding the, the the heart of a different birth moms and the process so that you can go into this because so many families blow it because they don't even know how to speak to a birth mother they don't know how to, to look for red flags and that's one thing that I, I wrote in the book call to adoption um uh or, or the other book actually um um adopting um is about what to look for because you've got you know fraud psychological emotional um you know financial but so many of these birth moms aren't frauds they're just struggling with this you know basic need they're carrying this child within their womb for nine months and they want to make sure they've made a good decision and they want to trust you you know and so i think when we start putting ourselves in the shoes of other people uh that we can start understanding where they're coming from because when i first tim wanted to adopt i really just wanted a baby dropped on my doorstep mm-hmm. in a little basket swaddled in this little <laughs> lovely blanket and the doorbell rung and then someone was you know gone and i would just pick up the baby and swirl it around in my beautiful dress and that was my baby you know <laughs> and, and and then i realized after reading and speaking to others that my son has a heritage uh, you know, my, my daughter, they all have backgrounds from their biological families. And it's very important that um, I came to realize that they deserve to have that information if it's out there and available. And for many children adopted um, internationally or um, years ago, they don't have that. And it's sad. And that's when you get some, some angry adoptees and I don't blame them. But now, if we have the opportunity to have that, um, and the reason why I really think it helps people, um, in the adoption process and children grow up to know, um, you know, uh, the reason why I have to tell you a cute story. My son, and this was kind of around mother's day too. Um, my son was uh, uh, in kindergarten and the teacher called me and when I went to pick him up and said, could you stay a little bit after I need to talk to you? And I thought, oh my gosh, what did he do now? Cause he's very, you know, all over the place and very cautious little boy, very bright And, um, so she sat down and she said, well, today we had a little problem. She said, your son was sharing with the other children and he's tall and he really, you know, can command a whole room. And he told the children that they weren't as special as he is because they, he was adopted and they weren't, and their parents had no choice (laughs) on their children. And he had the kids (laughs) crying. (laughs) And I said, I am so Uh, sorry. I I, know I've got to calm this down yeah yeah. and so we had a little talk that honey, they're just as special, and that, you know, <laughs> Just because their parents, you know, they don't have, you know, uh, adoption and that they were chosen doesn't mean that God didn't have a plan in their life. So, uh, you know, please be careful and, and consider their feelings, too. So um, that was one of the things that uh, we had to deal with, too. So, you know, I'm sure you've had the same thing with your children, uh, yeah. you know, at least your oldest, um, you know, fun stories, too. And and as you will, as you go through life, too, you'll have other ones, too, Um So, you know, going back to some of your questions about, you know, adoption, some of the tips, I think it's really important that people get the information. I mean, I would definitely encourage them to subscribe to your podcast because um, uh, there's something they can listen to. And I find that the more I listen, uh, the more I learn. And as I speak to other people, and if you even, if you, you know, I have people that live in, in in middles of, in small cities and towns, I should say, they have very few people. And the only way they can get information is doing it through the internet, and, and books and um, but they want to adopt. and I've had many families that have flown out from Missouri that are in the middle of these you know 5,000 acre type places and um, they've got a great family, you know, and great life they can offer, but they are limited in their connection with other adopted parents. And I find that connecting with people that have adopted in the last let's say five to six years is sometimes sometimes the best, um, information you can get because they've been there. And you want to really stick around positive um, forms and boards and groups because you're gonna get the naysayers and they're gonna they're gonna boohoo whatever you want to do and I found that that was really a deterrent to me because I had people that said oh honey you don't want to adopt the children have problems and I thought eh. uh, and even uh, I breastfed my son you know and I had I had a nurse tell me in our family oh you're gonna get breast cancer if you do that it's like oh, wow. I'm doing it for bonding you know and so I really found that I just don't spend more than 90 seconds with a negative person Mm -hmm. because you can go and find positive people that have good information and God bless those poor people that have had difficult times and you can learn some that information but they have to I want people to have gone through difficult times and have come out on the other side and said it was worth it or this is what I've learned and this is what I can share
0: yeah not dwelling in the negativity of it all yeah not
1: staying in the victim role exactly and
0: very good. Very good information. I appreciate all that. And what a powerful story you went through. What, Well, a lot of us have gone through a lot to be a parent, but uh, right. wow, what a powerful story. And you've done this uh, so many years ago when it was even harder to do what we're doing today and adopting an infant. So I applaud you for all your efforts, and uh, it was just, just a great story. So I, uh, piggybacking on that. Mm-hmm. Open adoption, you've talked a lot about it here in your story, and open adoption is, is scary for people. I, yeah. My wife and I did the same thing. When we first started, we were really nervous about what this open adoption means. Is this co-parenting? Is, it, is mm-hmm. it people that are going to be bugging us always in our life and always want to know what's going on with their son or daughter? And I have to tell you that uh, a few people, especially uh, Libby in, mm-hmm. at Lifetime, really helped us work through this. God bless her. She is such a good uh, way with she people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's wonderful. Yeah. She, she really of, yeah. talked us off the ledge, so to speak, about open adoption and saying, mm-hmm. hey, just, just try to be open to this. and Here's what it really means mm-hmm. and talk to other people who have done it. And, mm-hmm. and we did all that and we've come totally full circle. Mm-hmm. And now we are, you know, we want open adoption with our, our birth parents because we know it's what's best for our children. It's what's best for us and them. Mm-hmm. So what was other wisdom and advice do you, could you tell families that are maybe just nervous about it? Just starting to think about it and just uh, really gets them all.
1: Well, and I think, I think, and, and you know, your feelings are exactly the way I had felt too. This is not co-parenting open adoption. It can be many different things from uh, just sharing letters and photographs to having a private um, website where you can share maybe a video or some photographs birth parents, are not showing up on people's doorsteps. I mean, uh, you know, you're know, you always going to have a few. And I have some birth parents that actually have ongoing contact because they want to. In fact, that was part of the Marie show, is that a family that has a really open adoption, but it works for all of them. And in my own adoption, I wish I had more openness with my, um, my son's uh, biological family. I do with my daughter's biological family. And um, we've, we've actually gone to Italy and gone to anniversaries and had and, and contact and vacation together. Um, but it's that's my own choice now I have other families that just share letters and photographs through lifetime um, and that's fine with the birth mom I think what happens is and I give you some, some story, too, that's really powerful. Uh, we've, we've helped one of the adoption attorneys that we work with adopt. He adopted through Lifetime. And, and then he decided to become an adoption attorney, which was, was great because he saw the love and he's done a great job, Jim Handy. And um, so what happened in, in, in his situation, others, is that sometimes uh, you'll find a medical uh, fact that'll come up later on, maybe four, five, six, seven years down the road and if you have not had contact with them, there's no way they can get that information. So we've had one family that uh, found out that there was um, uh, cervical cancer. Uh, there was cancer in, in all these women in their family. So they, she had placed a little girl for adoption and wanted to make sure that she could get that information to the family. And luckily the open adoption was still open. Uh, And it wasn't a big thing. It was a matter of just, you know, getting a letter over to him and saying this is what's happening in my family, my aunt, my mother, my sister, and going through the whole thing. Just when, you know, when your daughter's old enough, would you just make sure this gets into her medical file and they can check on it? The other one, which was a very sad one, Tim, was um, we had a a family that adopted and um, the child needed a bone marrow and um, they got back they had uh, not stayed in contact with the birth mother um, we attempted to reach the birth mom did not have the information and uh, it was one of the most sorrowful situations that I had faced because it, it could have been changed it could have been different and um, and here they were with this child that could have made a difference and so um, I really tell people that there are many reasons for this now this doesn't mean that you have to have, it's it, it just being gracious. It's being gracious because, um, you know, the day before Mother's Day is birth Mother's Day. And we always want to acknowledge that we would not be mommies and daddies if it weren't for um, birth families coming together and saying this is the best thing. And we have to honor that because we can. People can shove it under the carpet and everything else, but you're still the parents. You're still the parents. And this is what my son did when when he was, uh, gosh, I think he was 16 years old. I was in the laundry room, and he's a, uh, I'm I'm five three if I if I stand on my tiptoes sometimes, and and he's like six two, and so. Um, so, when we were in there and and i've always I would say to him do you do you want to contact your birth mom? You know you want to have more going and And he knew it was i guess bugging me because he my son and myself are so much like each other, it's unbelievable oh. and he leaned over and put his arm around me, and he kissed me, and he said, "Mom, you're my mom, you'll always be my mom. I love you, and i'm fine and and it's just like he I needed to hear that now here I am an adoption professional. you think I'd have it all together but, <laughs> you know? and you know you just want to know, yeah. but it was at that point that I realized that, and I, and I knew before that I, I can't have enough people love my children, yeah. and and that's the same thing with uh, with my daughter with her her biological family, is that um, is that she's gone to be with them they they love her uh, she's got connections I know where she gets her musical talent um, you know. If you don't have some information about that, you don't know what to kind of um, to, to look for. Um, and so I know that I started my daughter early in music because her whole family on that side has all this music, you know. And she has a beautiful voice and um, very talented, very artistic. And the same thing with my son. I know enough about his biological family. Um, even though we don't have contact now, and I wish we did um, But I knew enough about information at the very beginning that now I know the type of areas that he would do best in and also where he struggled and um, uh, I think that that is really key. So open adoption is not something to be fearful of It's something to learn about and uh, and get more information. It's it's um, um, It's like anything else. I mean for people that have never done something in their life whether it's take a cruise fly or whatever that fear can keep you from um, actually becoming a parent, and it can freeze you, uh, and also can, um, it can uh, disassemble an adoption uh, if a birth mom feels that you don't trust her and you don't feel good about it. And that's why that relationship has to start even prior to you knowing about a birth mom. You've got to have that knowledge and say, what would it be like? to to place a child, and that's another one of the books that people can actually download. It's um, so is thinking about adoption. Uh, dot com. They can download a free book, and I think it's also on. Um, uh, I think it's on. Uh, we have a online on some of the apps. Uh, so I was thinking about adoption, but they can actually download this this little book. It takes about sixty minutes to read, but it gives questions to birth moms, and I have found families tell me that they really were able to get into the shoes of birth moms and understand and have more empathy for our birth parents when they read this book and, and actually communicated better with their, um, their birth parents by reading that book.
0: I would agree with that. I've read that book and the exact same thing happened to me and it helped us so much with our second adoption. We just went into it with so much more information and just uh, ability to talk with them and just be open to them. And the other part of what I talk about open adoption is just being open to what kind of relationship you want to have with them and they want to have with you because both of our situations, our birth parents didn't really know what relationship they wanted. And initially one of them said, no, no, we don't really want any ongoing relationship. But then as we went along and as we talked to them more and more and more, we just connected and we developed the relationship as we went just because we were open to continuing to have something with them. And it's, totally paid off and we they're just fabulous people and it's just made the whole experience even better and i know our children will be better off for it as well
1: yeah that's really good to hear because a lot of people don't know and they and they think but it's like any other relationship is that you you know it's like if i said you know i was going to arrange a marriage for someone in another country for you you'd go oh can i do this you know (laughs) oh my gosh it's like and so you have to really know something about that person And, and i tell families too is that even in the hospital is the birth moms need to be able to say hello before they can say goodbye. And they've got to have that time with the child also. Yes. And they've got to have, that's why lifetime offers so much in is as far as counseling, outside counseling with a non-bias, you know, counselor and then peer counseling with other birth moms and consulting and time to really think about this so that um, the decision that they make is one they, they can live with and they feel good with and that they want to do this because seeing so many you know because we were before we adopted you know we were really close neck and neck with a lot of birth moms we had birth moms change their mind uh, the day before we're supposed to go out um, to pick up a baby I mean we had a lot of uh, starts and fails and I just learned a lot about, you know, I just want to make sure this is a, a win-win and that the, the people that we're talking to and the women that we're serving um, really realize that because there are children, we've seen an increase in adoptions in the last few years, um, I think ever since the, uh, well, since 9-11, we're seeing more women that want um, families with faith. Um, they, um, they want security. Um, they want to know that they're placing this child in a family uh, that really is ready emotionally um, uh, you know financially uh, socially and spiritually ready to parent this child and give them all they possibly can because this is the majority of the birth moms that choose adoption are doing it out of love because they want something more and better and they want to go on with their life and they want to have, um, a, a plan for their future, and that's why the Lifetime Adoption Foundation comes in to help them with educational scholarships. Um, in fact, we've we've just um, been donated some uh, wonderful laptops, also for birth mothers, um, to help them so they can get additional um, jobs, doing you know medical transcribing or writing or doing um, you know a lot of things online that they couldn't have done. So that these, these girls have, and I say girls, they're normally in their 20s and 30s too, um, that they have an opportunity to say, this is the choice I made. Now I'm making, it's better for me and it's better for my child. And uh, we have married couples that actually have placed. Um, they've had two or three children. They know they cannot afford another child. And together, they've come together as a couple and said, we want to choose the family and, um, and this is what we want, and sometimes they want contact, and sometimes they don't um, but they just want to know they made the right decision. so I hope that kind of answers the question I yeah. hope
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely does in in fact, it spurs a couple more questions that I had, but uh so with lifetime, I know you guys have an extremely low reclaim rate, and i uh maybe folks don't know what that term means, so if you could explain. Mm-hmm. reclaim and then your rate is uh i believe 3 to 4% is that correct?
1: Right. It's very low because um because of what i just shared was because we're going into this and not trying to force a square peg into a round hole. Right. I speak to birth mothers and uh and 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 then I'll share what this means to the the reclaim rate. But I speak to birth moms and a lot of times I'll hear, you know, the uns- unspoken message which is just help me. I really want to parent this child And if I verbally share that with her, it sounds like you want to parent and you've got the resources. She'll say yes, that's what I want to do And then <laughs> they will say okay Well, let's put adoption to a side and let's look at this and then we'll help her with you know Where she needs to go where she needs to get the resources and how to go about that and, um, and Many of the birth moms do that a few will come back later on and say okay. I tried it. It's not working but I have had birth moms years later contact me and give me updates. Um, they're doing great. So if you have another adoption professional that that tries to force a girl into making a decision for one reason or another um, or a family that is um, uh, there or they're paying expenses and, 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 and they're making it so it's so difficult for her to say no, you're going to have a higher um, – Percentage of women that change their mind after birth after they give birth or after placement So a reclaim can be anything from normally. It's you've had the baby in your home Mm -hmm. uh, Got the baby and then the birth mom changes her mind um, or at the hospital Um, because we feel throughout a lot of uh, Women that just really want a parent, but they they're in a a difficult spot ahead of time Um, we're not like the average uh, adoption agency organization that. Uh, that takes everyone in and just processes them all like they're all going to go through we actually take and ask questions important questions uh, to determine the readiness and the suitability for adoption and if we're not sure we encourage birth moms to go through all the way to birth see how they feel and then at that point we can um, we can go ahead and help with adoption plan that happened we had two this last um, this last weekend Um, Which in fact yesterday and then over the weekend we had quite a few birth bombs. of two of them uh, right from the hospital so, you know a lot of times families um, will um, uh, Be chosen but they don't know it because we have them sit on the profiles until we're sure that this is what they want to do
0: And then you call it a drop in the lap situation there,
1: huh? Drop in your lap. And so what happens (laughs) is Yeah. And so it is, you get a phone call and, uh, this is something interesting. Heather had shared with me too, that on mother's day, uh, that one of our families, uh, was on mother's day and they got a phone call from Northern California and, uh, Heather had made two phone calls that day, um, with no answer. And finally, one of the families did call back and they were having a barbecue for a bunch of other people that were, um, um, you know, were, uh, waiting to be parents, you know, uh, you know, didn't have, Places to go, whatever, and got the phone call. There was a baby in the hospital, so they quickly wrapped up their barbecue, <laughs> made up the place, and off they went in the car uh, to get their baby on Mother's Day. I mean, you know, and I have wonderful stories like that for every single holiday, and um, it's that's why, and that's one thing with Lifetime. We're available twenty four seven with live live people because babies are born day and night you know, all the days of the, the year, whether it's Christmas Eve or it's New Year's Day. Um, and that's one thing that I really believe that I started Lifetime because I I kept putting myself back into the shoes of like yourself, another adoptive parent or birth parents. I felt like I wanted to have someone working for me 24 hours a day. And yes, maybe a little workaholism there, but I, I, I want to be sure that they were putting their full effort into Having me become parents um, because it, it, you get anxious. I know, you know, Tim, when you guys are waiting, you know, you're, it's like the days seem longer. Oh,
0: no doubt about it. Yeah. Even after our second, after our first and we're waiting for our second, it was a little bit easier because we have a daughter at home. But this as the days where on exactly you you just get that anxiousness about you and like is this yeah. ever going to happen yes i know it will we've did it yeah. once
1: <laughs> exactly you get that self doubt and then all you got to do is find one naysayer and then you're in cheers yeah. and Um, and, and, you know, and I've been there and that's why we put things in like our, you know, we have the the educational webinars we do for our families. We have a private website. Um, we have check-ins, we have people that, um, can be in contact so to let them know what we're doing. And, um, and for me, that's a real passion because it's just not a nine to five job. And I find that a lot of my colleagues go, gosh, Marty, why do you put so many hours in, you know, go skiing, take the week off between Christmas and New Year's. And I thought, I can't do it. You know, I've been there, you know, and a lot of my colleagues have never been adopted parents. In fact, Lifetime is really the only organization that has a face in front of it, that has a, you know, a person that has, that is there. You can see a real person that's, it's myself, Marty Caldwell. I've been there before because I've been in their shoes. Um, most of the other organizations are company names and there's a, a bunch of, you know, maybe very nice people running it, but, uh, and some that had experienced it, but I'm doing this and with my my team. I mean, it's my whole team really doing this because we really um have a passion and we see the needs out there not only in the in the, the birth parents that come to us and the children but our adopted parents and uh we feel we have an obligation to help them come together and that's that's our whole thing. This is a we tell people it's not week long adoption, it's lifetime adoption, you know. <laughs> and yeah, yes. I'll,
0: I'll attest to that. You know, we've done two adoptions through Lifetime, and, and you guys have been fabulous. And uh, through all of my work and everything I've done through my website, I've done a lot of agency research, and I thought, well, maybe we, we know we want to adopt a third time. Let's look at other agencies. Maybe there's another place that's for us. And the further my research goes, the more I come back to Lifetime with just everything that you guys do for us and have done for us. And You just do an excellent job. You stay at the forefront of technology And you have the right people working for you to help you through the process. So I really give you kudos for that.
1: And that's all, it's all our team. I mean, that's the whole thing we've got. You know, I'm, I'm very blessed to have the people that we have because they are, they care about it. And that's one thing is that we tell people that, you know, um, this is a, um, this is a, a, a job that you will do as you know, too, um, that there's not much more is more satisfying, um, than, than the work we're doing because we cry every day and we laugh every day. And we get goosebumps every day. And we, um, we see these little miracles going on all over the United States. And it is it is awesome. And even after you know you know 20, almost 30 years now going into it, I, I still have this deep passion um and excitement uh you know and i have to get baby fixes i'll call and say guys i have a baby fix where is a baby you know and just to hold and and kiss on and um and this is god told me many long time ago i was at a roe versus wade um service and i was praying for another child and before the prayer, even finished my my out of my mouth uh it's like the lord hit me on the back of the head the two by four and said these are all your children and if you had another one you couldn't do what you're doing right now and so every child you help, you're, these are your children also. And I'll tell you, Tim, that brought tears to my eyes, but it also warmed my heart. And so for me, when I see all these children and all the pictures on our walls and I hear from families like yourself, I am blessed and I feel satisfied, you know, that um, that God blessed me with the children I have now, but also all these other children Um, across the nation and 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 I would encourage people right now that are looking at adoption The 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 biggest tip I can probably give is don't ever give up Do your homework have a strong support team Communicate 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 that's with your your spouse with the people you're working with and And then go back to never give up (laughs) Because um, I believe that for every family that truly feels this is the way that they want to build their family um that they will adopt and um and it, it can be difficult at times it can be um tiresome um you want to i've done this too or you want to throw the paperwork in the corner and say that's it i'm not going to do it and you, you you have to keep going back every day and saying it's going to happen and what do i need to do and keep your faith up and i really believe those are the tips that i can give people they're very simple but they work they've been working for for thousands of families and i i believe they'll work for your listeners too if they they you know they apply those and uh, keep them at heart.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. If you stick with it, there, there is the child out there is that's meant for you, is mm. out there for you. You just need to hang on, and you will adopt. Uh, I, I before we go or before we wrap this up, I just want to quickly go into a little bit about more about what Lifetime does. Uh, your website, at least right now. Uh, Um, In the future, this may fluctuate, but you do about 12 adoptions per month, and those are primarily newborns, correct?
1: Primarily newborns, 10 to 12 um, Mm -hmm. newborns uh, primarily per month, and it varies between month and month. Sometimes we can have 15, sometimes we could have eight. And uh, lifetimeadoption.com is the website, and if people want to call, they can also call at uh, one 800 923 6-7-8-4-1-800-923-6784 and they can get information. They can go on the website and get um, uh, information about lifetime. Uh, we can't take all the families that apply with us, um, but we do have a free application, which is very rare in this world today. And um, they can, you know, get information to see if, uh, if it, because we want to make sure that we can help people because our success rate is very high when families do just what I share with them, and um, and if not, we give them resources for it too. But um, you know. We love uh, hearing from people. Uh, we'd love to hear uh, anybody that heard the show, uh, definitely to mention your name, Tim, um, that they heard, you know, heard this on your podcast. Uh, that would be very helpful too.
0: Very good. Yeah, I appreciate that. I was just going to mention too, if anybody out there listening is uh, wants a, a personal uh, reference for a lifetime, obviously we've adopted twice. Email me. Uh, my email is on the website, InfiniteAdoptionGuide.com. And uh, I'll be glad to talk to you over the phone or Skype too. I'm always willing to share about lifetime and uh, because I think you guys are one of these uh, jewels in the adoption world that a lot of people don't know about and uh, maybe that'll affect uh, this podcast will help uh, open that up a little bit and uh, get you. you found out even more.
1: Well, thank you so much. And we're excited that um, you know, you've know you been with us and, and you're doing this and helping other people. Thank you so much, Tim. And I hope everyone out there has a wonderful Mother's Day. Have hope that you too um, will soon be a mother and a daddy and don't give up. And there, there are resources out there like Tim's and, uh, and Lifetimes. And I'm ha- here to help too. So thank you very much, Tim.
0: Thank you. I really appreciate all your time and your expertise. Very great uh, wisdom. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again down the road.
1: Yes, that'd be great. I'd love to.
0: Okay, thanks, Marty.
1: Thank you.
0: Well, that was a great interview with Marty Caldwell. She did a great job of giving us lots of tips, advice, and wisdom on how to get through the adoption process. And she really has a powerful story. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. I know I did. She's a very a, she's very passionate about adoption, as you can probably tell in her in her interview. And um, I look forward to talking with her again. And uh, really, it, this is really perfect timing for Mother's Day that's coming up that she gives some Mother's Day stories and being an adoptive mother herself. So please feel free to share this podcast with uh, those you know in the adoption arena or those of her even thinking about getting into adoption. This would be a great interview for them to listen to. You can get the uh, interview on iTunes or in Stitcher and you can also download... And listen to the podcast on my website, infantadoptionguide.com forward slash zero zero five, because this is episode number five. Well, while you're on iTunes, I would really appreciate it if you'd stop by and leave me an honest review. It's really easy to do. And I, I thank you for taking the time to do that for me. You may already know how overwhelming and difficult it is to find the right adoption agency for you. Well, I have some resources on my site that can help you. If you go to infantadoptionguide.com forward slash adoption agencies, there you will find lots of information on how to find the right agency, what questions to ask them, and much, much more. Okay, I want to wrap this episode up with a question for you. What research have you done to find the right adoption agency or attorney to help you? Go to infantadoptionguide.com forward and leave a comment thank you so much for listening until the next episode remember to stick with your adoption journey your dream of becoming parents will come true